Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Today is June 10th, 2021, and I'm so glad to be with you. Thank you so much. Again, I know your time is valuable. I know there are a lot of things you could do or be listening to, but I really believe this is going to bless you. And uh, let me just start by mentioning uh, today is really going to tie together, I think, a lot of what we've been talking about over the past few months. And so today you might hear some concepts that aren't fully developed. Most of them have been developed in some of our other podcasts or blog blog posts. And I, I hope that you'll at least take the time to maybe go through the different lists, the different titles. You might see things there that really jump out to you, things about... Uh, you know, harmony between our spirit, souls, and body, inner peace, hearing from God, adventures with God, all of those different ideas, and we're going to touch on a lot of those today, have really been well developed. And, uh, and I think that, you know, really they all come together to talk about what we're going to talk about today which is really, you know, the next evolution of humanity. And I'll get into that idea in just a second. But um, but let me just say I sincerely hope all is well with you. I had kind of an interesting thing happen. I mentioned it sort of on this podcast a few weeks ago that um, that God had really given me a word about something he wanted me to do. And it really... It was it was kind of a daunting endeavor, so to speak, and and it took me a little while to to really kind of get my mind around how that could happen, how that could work, how we could do that. And you know, if I had immediately listened to God and and got right after it, I think it would have been a little bit easier for me. But praise God, He's been He's always gracious, He's always merciful, and now we're we're almost there, about to do this thing that that He really gave me a vision for and the details aren't really important but what I what I really thought about in this process is you know when God gives us a direction you know there are times when God may give us a commandment you know you, you know you absolutely must do this right now I really want you to do this it's not like God's going to punish us or we're going to go to hell or something like that it's not about that but there are things that you know really really important that God wants us to do so God may be very direct at some times but a lot of times when God is telling us to do something you know, it's it's like an invitation. And I, I realize that more than more, more and more, especially as, you know, I've been kind of working on this particular situation that God brought to me. And it's an invitation. And, and I could say no, I could decide that something's too hard or too time consuming or too expensive or what have you. And, you know, God's going to be merciful, of course, I'm not going to get punished. But I think, you know, when God gives us these invitations, it requires faith, faith that everything's going to work out, faith that God's going to provide what we need, faith that it's going to be the best thing for us because we know God, we know how much he loves us. But my point is really just to focus on this concept of an invitation. You know, we all regularly, especially those of us that, you know, hear from God regularly, we receive directions, we receive ideas and it's not necessarily a blinding light you know while you're driving or an angel in your bedroom it's it's often it's a leading of the holy spirit that you just start feeling you know on a spiritual level that god wants you to do something and and that's an invitation and it's an invitation to do something 
that is going to be a blessing to others. It's going to be a blessing to you. And it's going to further the kingdom of God. I, I think that's true, you know, for the vast majority of the invitations into something that God gives us. And, and I just want us all to recognize that and embrace those invitations. And even though we can't always see everything that's in store for us or every aspect, if we could, there'd be no faith needed. We would know everything. Uh, but then, you know, we, we would miss out on the great opportunities, the surprising, amazing experiences that God has for us when we go into something just trusting him. So I hope that, you know, the next time you feel God leading you into something that you'll remember this, that it's an invitation into something, you know, wonderful that he has for you, for others and for the kingdom and just go for it. You know, that's exactly what God wants us to do. But anyway, um, you know, just getting into today's teaching today, and I apologize that if it's a little bit longer, as I said, we're trying to tie a lot of things together, and and I really think this is going to bless you, so you could certainly break this up, and um, but but anyway, you'll you'll see here, you know, and so let me just start by saying, as we have discussed a number of times, humans are spirit, soul, and body, and we get that from First Thessalonians five twenty three. And your spirit is the real you, the eternal you. It can't be seen, but it is your true life. Now, your spirit lives in a body, your flesh. And this flesh is temporal and it will die. And finally, you have a soul. And the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. And your soul fundamentally emanates from your brain. But it also creates a bridge between your spirit and your flesh. So we are three-part beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. But then there's this interaction and hopefully eventually a unification between them, not present before we received Christ, but when we get born again, when we start renovating our minds according to the Word of God, we can really start to create this harmony in ourselves. But so, you know, most people, not necessarily most Christians, but certainly a lot of people in the world you know, they only think about their flesh and their soul. And again, soul being kind of your mind, will, and emotions. And they don't think we have any spiritual reality, or even if they do, maybe they don't worry about it very much or allow it to inform much of their daily existence. But one of the master keys to the highest expression of the human existence Indeed, the highest expression of your personal human experience is embracing your spiritual reality. And you might recall that last time I talked about our new reality in Christ, and I highly encourage you to listen to that podcast or read that blog post because understanding how God remakes us, literally how we are born again after we receive Christ and our resulting union with God is vital. That understanding is vital to growing and expanding for God in this life. And you see, your spirit, when you become a Christian, your spirit is a truly wonderful, amazing creation. Your spirit was born from God directly. Your spirit is righteous with God's righteousness. Your spirit is bonded to and united with God's spirit. And out of that union, you have access to all of God's wisdom and all of God's power. And furthermore, you have received the blessing. Now, that is an idea we haven't talked about as much, but, but you are, uh, we will another time. You are blessed. This is Ephesians chapter one. Excuse me. 
You are blessed with every blessing that God has. And you, my Christian brother or sister, are totally and completely empowered to succeed in every area of this life. That is your reality now. That is who you are. And that's how you need to begin seeing yourself along these lines. And another interesting point is that, in a sense, most of what I'm saying here is is actually taught widely in the modern Christian church. Maybe not exactly like I'm saying it, but a lot of churches have classes about your identity in Christ. And there are a lot of books about the new birth and what happens when we get saved. And many Christians have a basic understanding uh, in this area. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you haven't heard much of this before you were listening to my podcast. And that's okay too. But but the verses uh, regarding that and the verses on those subjects, especially a lot of the ones that I covered last time about your righteousness, your perfection, the way God sees you being God's child, so on and so forth. You really should study those verses for yourself. Spend some time meditating those verses to really get that ingrained in your mind. But when you first hear teachings like this, a number of wonderful things happen. And, and first of all, they start opening your mind to your new realities and your new identity. And second, even if only on some very basic level, you start considering what life would be like if you allowed all of these truths to dictate your physical life. And I think at least the first time they hear, we hear these truths, the vast majority of us think the same things. We either think, well, if all of this is true, shouldn't my life be different? Or we might rather think with this new reality, now I can create a very different life. And both of those thoughts are, are accurate. They're fine. They're totally good. And they're appropriate. When, when God reveals to you through his word most often, but th- maybe through his spirit, when God reveals to you, you know, spiritual reality and spiritual possibility, immediately our brain starts thinking, well, well, what if, what if I applied that to my life? How should my life look if those things are true? And I think that's a great way to think about it. And a lot of that, you know, is we're, we're going to keep focusing on here today. Because, you know, at least for me, I'm all about the practical application and how we should see the amazing spiritual realities that God has provided for us, you know, showing up in our daily life so that we can, in fact, succeed in every area of our lives as God intends. Now, so if you if you truly considered your spiritual reality, your new reality in everything you do, if you lived from that place, what would your life be like? What would your job be like? What would your home life be like? Well, you would start succeeding financially and getting people saved at work, just for example. You would come into a greater place of unity and love with your spouse, creating a loving home, beginning to work together for God's kingdom. You would have solid friendships of integrity, love, respect, your spiritual reality also being a part of that friendship and you support each other for the kingdom, your relationships would change, your work would change, your family life would change, you would begin to see the impact of God in in truly every area of your life. You would start going through life operating from a kingdom of God perspective. As you're being led by the Spirit, you would start having adventures for God. You would start doing things and working with God And truly, you would start to feel harmony 
with yourself and with everything that God brings into your life. In fact, if you really allowed your spiritual reality to inform every aspect of your existence, which is exactly the goal here, your life could radically change. And now now maybe this is how you're living already. And if so, I think that's wonderful. And if so, I think that I would just continue to encourage you to, to stay close to the Holy Spirit, stay tuned into the Holy Spirit, and continue uh, endeavoring to do everything that He wants you to do. And, and God bless. I think that's wonderful. But if you don't see the evidence of your spiritual reality showing up in every area of your life, well, I encourage you to, to keep listening and keep thinking along these things, along these lines, I should say. Because because God has a wonderful life for you, truly a supernatural existence, empowered by God's power, his love, his wisdom, and, and all of the spiritual truths that the Bible contains to really create a, a, a different kind of existence, an existence on another level where you really reach the heights of all that you are, all that you could do, all that's available to you. And... Let me just say that, you know, uh, again, we talked about a lot of these things in other blog posts and, I, and podcasts. I encourage you to listen to them because a lot of those are really coming together to talk about this today. And for me, I would say, honestly, I've been asking myself for probably 15 years uh, some question like this. And it's, you know, what if we allowed our Christian reality to influence every aspect of our lives. And, you know, on one level, most devout Christians do. They do that in a sense. They allow their spiritual reality to influence them in the sense of, okay, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to maybe watch certain entertainment or listen to certain kinds of music. And, you know, then, then there's kind of another level of allowing our spiritual reality to influence our lives, right? You know, there's that initial level, okay, maybe I'm going to live a little differently from an integrity perspective or a holiness perspective. But then the next level is really, okay, I'm now going to start thinking about my place in the kingdom of God. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start reading the Bible. Maybe I'll start... Um, you know, serving in church or, or volunteering with different ministries. And those are wonderful things. And, and, and those are all very important parts of the Christian life where we both have this interchange, but also this change where it begins to kind of impact our daily lives. And that's part of what I'm talking today, but it's not all of it. And really what I'm talking about today is the final frontier of the human experience. In fact, the human reality that, that we can have in this life. And, and just so we're clear before we dive into that further, I'm not talking about the final frontier of humanity in the sense of what, what will happen after the return of Christ. That's another matter entirely. But but I'm asking, how far can we go now? What what can life truly look like now? When we consider all that God has done for us and all that happens to us when we get born again, how should we be living now? And, and honestly, what if we take it all the way? And if you've listened to me over the past few months, you could you can and you can always go back. You might understand that 
pretty well, right? You know, God has an amazing life planned for us. God has blessings, relationships, finances, work, situation, love, you name it. He's woven together an amazing tapestry of reality with each of us uniquely and specifically in in mind. And at any time, this is a beautiful truth, at any time we can take our first steps into that awesome plan that he has for our lives. And this is, it's true, it's, it's highly spiritual. It takes a real commitment to your relationship with the Spirit of God. And none of this is automatic and it will take effort. But God has only good things for us. We know we can trust him. We know it's the right thing to do. So understanding all of this as we do, I ask myself again, you know, what if we take it all the way? What if we allow our new spiritual reality to dictate and guide every aspect of our existence? The final frontier, the greatest expression of the human life is a complete integration of your natural and spiritual realities. I'm just going to repeat that thought. It is a complete integration of your natural and spiritual realities. You see, in this moment, you have both natural realities and spiritual realities. I've taught about the spiritual realities, and those really are applicable only if you are a Christian, right? That's the spiritual reality we're talking about, where you're born again, where you're filled with the Spirit of God, where you have access to God's love, wisdom, power, all of that, right? Now, your natural realities, they are what they are. And and yes, already there's probably some overlap between your spiritual reality and your natural reality because of who you are as a Christian. Now you live a certain way. Now you do certain things. Maybe you go to church, read the Bible, don't lie, don't cheat. Again, as I said a moment ago, so there is some overlap already between your spiritual reality and your natural reality. That's exactly how it should be. And that's a wonderful thing. And I'm sure you already have that in some areas of your life. However, in other areas of your life, there might be a wide chasm, so to speak, between your natural and your spiritual. Perhaps in some ways you are struggling in your health. Perhaps you're struggling in your finances, in your marital relationship, in your relationship with your kids. In other areas of your life where where although in the spiritual sense you have the very love of God given to you, you don't see your relationships exhibiting that love on a daily basis. You know that you've been empowered by God to create wealth. And, you know, that's a biblical promise. And, and it says, God, you know, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. That's exactly what Proverbs says. But you're thinking, man, if that's my spiritual reality, I sure don't see it showing up in the natural, right? So that's what I'm saying that while you may see some overlap, natural and spiritual, there might be other areas of your life where, where there is this gulf, where there is this, this breach between them. And we want that to go away because it should not be like that. And, you know, another area is maybe, you know, I have some friends, you know, that, you know, their health is fine. Obviously, their marriage is fine. Their money's fine. But, you know, maybe you, you don't go through life with that kingdom of God purpose and good works fueling 
your excitement and your fulfillment. You know, where is the passion? What are you passionate about in life? What gets you up in the morning? You know, I, I tell you, you know, and this is just me getting up in the morning to, to receive revelation from God and to write it down and share it with others. That That is just definitely one of my top passions in life. It's something I'm very excited about helping others apply spiritual truth to their daily life. You know, that's that's probably my passion in life. Right. But but so, again, if you're seeing the gulf, the expanse, the gap between what you really are in Christ, who you really are, all that you were created to be and your natural life, you know, think about it this way. What would happen if you completely integrated your spiritual reality into your daily life, into your natural reality? What would happen? How would it change? What would it look like? And I'm sure most of you who hear that immediately recognize that, you know what, if I started to love like God wanted me to love in this situation, it would get better. That gulf would, would tighten up. We would no longer see the 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 breach between what God wants for me and what I'm actually having in my life. If I start applying God's ways of sowing, reaping, tithing, giving to my financial life, you know what? I'm going to start seeing the supernatural in my finances. You probably recognize that that if you start applying the ways of God to your life, you're going to start living in a new reality, a new supernatural reality, even in your daily life. And let me just say this, because this is actually fascinating, in my opinion. Our natural and spiritual realities were never meant to be separated. They were, in fact, never meant to be two separate subjects. Humans were always meant to have completely unified natural and spiritual realities, creating one life where our spiritual reality dictated and guided our lives to such a degree that we wouldn't even think in those terms. Our entire existence would flow out of our spiritual reality. That was God's original plan, and that's where we have to go. And I touched on these ideas in my teachings on inner peace, and I was really dealing there with having agreement between your spirit, soul, and body. And when you can really, especially through renovating your mind according to the ways of God, bring your spirit, soul, and body into alignment, at that point, you're really positioned to succeed in every area of your life and do all that God wants you to do. However, today we're talking on a a separate but related subject. And again, it's the complete integration of your natural and spiritual reality. So if you can get yourself fully aligned spirit, soul, and body, you're positioned to succeed. But the primary way you succeed is by allowing the reality of your spirit to influence every aspect of your daily life. And that really becomes possible as you become unified spirit, soul, and body. And I realize that that we're getting a little bit into the weeds here. That is just kind of a complicated idea. So I want to say it one more time and perhaps make it a little clearer. Your spirit is perfect, born again, and righteous. Your body is going to listen to what your mind tells it to do at the end of the day. So we have to renovate our minds according to the word of God. As you renovate your mind, you you begin changing on the inside. Your soul begins changing. 
and your soul becomes more and more like your spirit that is perfect and like God in every way because your soul gets renovated through the word of God and through fellowship with God. So now you have a spirit and soul that are totally like God, that are totally in harmony, and your body just follows automatically. That will happen. And so now you have a spirit, soul, and body that are in total harmony. And now in that place, when you think about your spiritual reality, what God wants you to do, what God leads you to do, what God, how he wants you to love, how he wants you to give, how he wants you to serve, everything he wants you to do, now that you're a, an integrated and harmonized spirit, soul, and body, those directions are no problem. You recognize the directions from the Spirit of God. You submit to the directions from the Spirit of God. You obey and you see the supernatural start showing up in your life. And, and now you are truly integrating your spiritual reality into your natural reality. So, I, again, I appreciate that might be a little deep, a little complicated, but please listen to some of our other teachings. You'll see them in the, the list of episodes, and that will really help. But that's what we're talking about today. Now, just to talk about Adam and Eve briefly, because this is very important. You know, we don't know what they looked like physically, not really, but but they had a natural reality. And this is before they ever ate the bad fruit. You know, in Genesis chapters one and two, we see that Adam was formed from the dust and then Eve was formed from Adam's rib. And, you know, so they had this natural existence. They also had a job of, of keeping the garden and fundamentally ruling the world. They, they also had to eat and they were supposed to, to be fruitful and multiply. They were supposed to have children. So they had, even though we don't know what they looked like, they had a very earthbound, natural, physical reality. But, but at that time, before the fall, they, they were also spiritually alive and spiritually perfect, actually in the same way that Christians are today. They had a perfect relationship with God, perfect fellowship. They were filled with God's spirit and they had God's blessing as we do. They were also completely unified spirit and uh, flesh. But when Adam sinned, he died spiritually. And Adam and Eve in that, in that fall, immediately experienced a complete spiritual death and a tremendous inner rift between their natural and spiritual realities occurred at that moment. And notice that we see this because after the fall, they immediately perceived that they are naked. Genesis 2.25 actually tells us that they were always naked even before the fall. It just didn't bother them. But after the fall, their entire perception of their physical reality immediately changed. And they immediately shifted their focus to this perception of their natural reality. So there was an immediate break here. And, you know, after that fall, while they may have been physically alive, they were spiritually dead. And they were cut off from the Holy Spirit and true spiritual access to God. And you see, this is how now every human being is born because of the presence of original sin. So it started where God intended for Adam and Eve and all humanity to have a completely integrated spiritual and natural realities. But the moment sin entered the picture, there was a break. And so now we have our spiritual lives on the one side and our natural lives 
on another side. And that's how all humans are born because of original sin. That's how all of us go through life. But but that's just the way it is, right? So before we move on, let me make a quick point. Uh, while today I say we're talking about the next evolution for humanity, really this evolution is a return to God's original intention for humanity. You see, the next evolution is not, you know, a microchip in your brain or something like that. The, the, the evolution is a return to God's original plan of, of an integrated spiritual and natural reality. And this is possible now because of our spiritual reality in Christ. And we are going back to the garden, so to speak. That's actually God's desire for every area of our lives. By the way, you know, the garden had complete provision. It had complete unity in our relationships. It had complete perfect fellowship with God. All of these things is what God's original plan was for mankind in the Garden of Eden before the fall. And we are going back there in every sense of the word. And that's just a very powerful, powerful subject. But I'm talking about the kind of life that God always intended for your humanity. And, you know, we we do see as we study the Bible a number of biblical figures living that way, at least to a, a significant degree. And now we can understand, especially as we've been listening and as you've heard me talk and as you've learned in church about your spiritual reality, we understand now that our spiritual reality is just as true as our natural or our physical reality. But God wants us to simultaneously live in both as spiritually alive children of his kingdom. And you see, now we are truly alive, but we must allow our spiritual lives to rule and take control over our natural lives. So to get a picture of an integrated natural and spiritual reality, I actually think it's, other than what we've done already, it's difficult to look at Adam and Eve because we just don't get a lot of details. You know, one and two, they're created. Three, boom, you have the fall. We don't get a lot of uh, details from Genesis. But by looking at Jesus, we see another human with a completely integrated natural and spiritual reality. We also see a human allowing his spiritual reality to dominate his entire existence. And let me briefly point out that Jesus Christ was and is fully God at all times. He also was and is fully man at all times, or at least from the moment of his being placed into Mary by the Holy Spirit. To be honest, I'm not exactly sure, but it doesn't matter for this discussion. My point here is that every single thing Jesus did, we can do. Every single way that Jesus lived, we can live. When Jesus walked this earth as a man, he did so without any aspect of his divinity and that we, as born-again Christians, don't have. You see, he laid all of that down. And when we see Jesus do miracles, we can do those miracles. We can look at John fourteen twelve after that, about that. When we see Jesus communicate with God, we can communicate with God. We have identical access to God, God's wisdom, God's power, God's love, all of it, just as Jesus did. You can check out John 14, 17, Colossians 2, 3, Acts 1, 8, just for some verses on those, you know, and see this, this reality that we can walk as Jesus walked 
is true for a lot of reasons, but primarily it's true because our entire relationship with God is through Jesus. In Christ, we have access to the same supernatural life that Jesus lives as a human. Now, we could say a lot more on that, and that's the subject of much debate, but just take my word for it today. When you study Jesus' life in the Bible, you should study it as though you are learning how to live. And we can live exactly as Jesus lived on the earth in virtually all respects. And yes, you are studying the life of your Lord, your Savior, and your King, but you are also seeing a spiritual life modeled for you. Now, there's some aspects of this life that are modified a little bit in the Word of God that I just want to mention to keep clear, because this is very important. You know, Jesus uh, became sick and was beaten so that we can be healed. Jesus was made poor so we can be rich. Jesus died for our sins so we can live unto righteousness. You see, these aspects of Jesus' life, especially the really negative ones, he did for us so that we don't have to. Right? He did this so that we can live in the full manifestation of the blessings that God always intended for humanity. But, but just one point on that. Jesus did not redeem us from persecution from people. That is unfortunately just part of the deal. But for today, that just remember that Jesus became sin, became cursed, so that we can be righteous and blessed, and we should live out of that righteousness and blessing and that fellowship with God as we see Jesus live in the Bible. And I'm digressing a little bit, but as I present for you Jesus' life as the model we must follow and as the model of the integrated natural and spiritual life, I need to set it up correctly with that underpinning. And again, we are supposed to emulate the vast majority of Jesus' life. You need to study how he lived and then work with the Holy Spirit to follow him, to follow his example. But just first of all, Thinking about how he lived and how we should therefore live. You know, as a, as a primary matter, Jesus was totally aware of God's presence in his life. He knew he was God's child, that God loved him, and that God had a plan for his life. This was the foundation and guiding light of his existence on earth. We should have the same foundation and guiding light of our existence. Those truths are major parts of your spiritual reality, and they should guide all of your reality. You are God's child. God loves you. God has a plan for your life. Those are master keys, cornerstones in the foundation of who you are. Jesus was open at all times to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Where did the Spirit lead him? What did the Spirit tell him to do? What did the Spirit reveal to him? The Holy Spirit led Jesus to people, places, and works. The Holy Spirit led him to pray sometimes. The Holy Spirit guided his life. The Holy Spirit was the source of divine power in his life, enabling Jesus to use his faith for miracles, both in the spiritual and natural realms. You, my friend, can live this way too. In fact, God wants all of us to live this way. You probably have a family, a job, a home to care for, and a variety of other physical needs based in your natural natural reality. I get that. I have all the same things. And we know that Jesus 
also had a natural life. He ate, he slept, he wore clothes. For some years, he was a carpenter. He walked around. I mean, he didn't fly or teleport. In many ways, surprising as it may be to hear this, in many ways, his life looked a lot like our lives from a natural perspective. However, Jesus stayed constantly tuned in to God's Spirit and went through life doing all God's Spirit led him to do. In every situation, we see Jesus living first a spiritual life and second a natural life. Jesus thought Spirit first. Spirit first is a major idea. You see, Jesus understood that his spiritual reality was the higher reality and could dictate his entire natural existence. Think of it this way. Jesus needed food. He used the blessing and divine power to multiply food. He needed money. He used his faith to get money from a fish. He encountered people possessed by demons. He took authority over them and cast them out. Sick people came to Jesus. He healed them. You see, Jesus encountered in the Bible a wide variety of different natural and spiritual situations. And we always see him going to his spiritual reality to deal with them. You know, what if we had a special pair of glasses that we wore all the time and those glasses showed us the spiritual reality of every situation? From that perception, we would know how to operate spiritually. We could know the right thing to do. We could do as God wanted no matter what we encountered. You know, we actually have those glasses the same way Jesus did, for we both have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, whose job it is to guide us through this life according to the perfect will and knowledge of God. Jesus never operated from separated spiritual and natural realities. He only had one reality, a life in fellowship with and led by God's Spirit, and that dictated every aspect of existence, and we should live the same way. So how can we start living like Jesus lived? How can we allow our spiritual reality to guide and dictate, dictate excuse me, every aspect of our lives? I think it starts here. You know, first of all, your identification of self, the foundation of your mental life, should be that you are God's child. You are one of God's children, and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, God is always with you. You will never be separated from God's love. He loves you as he loves Jesus. You are righteous with God's righteousness. His wisdom and power are completely available to you. You are open to him, and he is leading you. With God, all things are possible. Nothing can stand against you. In the name of Jesus, you have complete authority over the kingdom of darkness. You are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. You know, we use the term second nature, but all of these are actually your nature now. This is who you are now, whether you know it or not. You just need to get these truths woven into your constant mental framework so that you can live from them. Now, now that we've, we we put this into our minds and we decide that these are the truths that are going to guide our existence, now we pray that God will guide us, lead us, show us what to do. We pray that his will will be done and we ask for his help in doing our part for his will. 
We also do our part to keep our minds tuned into his spirit. You know, we can know all of this stuff, but if we're allowing the world to flood our minds with its garbage and its entertainment, we are not going to be tuned in. That's just the way it is. We need to pray, study God's word, worship. We need to stay tuned in to God's frequency. We also need to pay attention to God's biblical communication methods. God wants to work through us. God wants to show his love to the world through us. God wants to preach the gospel to us, and he will show us what to do. You know, maybe today you were far from these ideas. Maybe today your life looked nothing like this. You know, and it's not always easy to think this way, especially as we are inundated with all manner of input and all manner of garbage in the fallen world around us. But look, that's okay. Don't worry about today. You start tomorrow. And if this was your mindset, what I'm talking about today, your your new creature, (laughs) excuse me, your new creation realities, if that was how you saw yourself and that was the foundation of your mind, how would you live? You know, imagine it's morning and your child is having a tough day. Before we get angry, We consult the Holy Spirit. Maybe your kid just needs a hug. Maybe you need to indulge him or her for a moment and listen to the problem. God reminds you about his love for your child. Certainly, discipline is warranted sometimes. My kids need it. But it comes now from a place of God's love, not my anger or my frustration. And, you know, we'll get to, you know, truly being out there on the front lines for the gospel another time. And that's great. And that's wonderful. And that's important. And we're headed there. But for now, let's get this locked down at home. Let's get our spiritual realities showing up and manifesting in our home. You know, I tell you, you know, my truth and I'm not perfect in our home life. You know, it's not perfect. It's really good. But, it's, you know, I can't say it's perfect. But, you know, I feel like if 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 the ways of God and the truth of God, if it's not working for me in my house, then it's not working anywhere. And I've got to make sure that I'm doing my part to see see God's best show up in my house. So let's just start here. Let's start where we are. Let's see what it might look like if we allowed these truths from God's word and our true reality just to start impacting our lives where we are where we are. So you know that's that's something I think about. You know when when my kids wake up in the morning and they don't want to get dressed or they don't want to you know eat their fruit or whatever, right? How can I deal with that spiritually? You know, maybe, maybe you wake up and your spouse doesn't feel great. You know, maybe, maybe your spouse needs to go to the doctor, right? We're not all ready to just receive divine healing, you know, at a moment's notice for whatever ailment. Maybe they need to go to the doctor, but you don't think that way first anymore. First, you take authority over the symptoms in the name of Jesus, the cough, the headache, whatever. Cough. I speak to you right now in Jesus' name. Get off my spouse right this second. You know, headache. Get off my spouse right now in Jesus' name. Spouse, spouse, you lay hands on your spouse. Be healed in Jesus' name. You know, that's the first place our minds need to go in the battle over sickness and disease. We live in a fallen world. There's all kinds of stuff out there. You know, you hear your kid cough, boom, get off my kid in the name of Jesus. You know, kid complains of a stomach ache, be healed in Jesus' name. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doctors. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying we go spirit first 
then natural. Holy Spirit, what's the right thing for me to pray over this medical situation right now? What's the right thing for me to do right now? That's just an example. You see, we start to think spiritually, even in the beginning of our day. We start to open up. Now, let's say you get to work and your coworker walks in and starts complaining about a personal problem. You know, I work from home. That never really happens to me, but I'm, I'm told it happens, right? You know, whatever this person's problem is, you've heard it a thousand times before. And all you can think about is how they're dragging you down and hurting your productivity. But now, now this time, you're just going to take a moment and you're acknowledging the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit telling you to do right now in this moment? You know, have you invited that person to church? I tell you what, that's probably going to either shut them up or or take that relationship in a radically new direction, which would be awesome, right? It's kind of win-win, right? Uh, have you invited that person to church? Who cares what they think? Just invite them. You know, can you think of a Bible verse or two? Does God remind you of a verse or two? Uh, that could help them. You know, let's be honest. That's kind of the same thing. Win-win. It's either going to shut them right up. They're not going to talk to you about their problems anymore, or you're really going to help them. They're going to get God involved in their situation and maybe radically change their lives. You know, maybe you should offer to, to pray for them. I mean, talk about pure insanity, right? You know, we could actually offer to, to pray for somebody. You know, it could be awesome. What does the Spirit of God lead you to do when you encounter annoying situations at work, I can tell you the number one thing God leads me to do is keep my mouth shut and be patient. Two things that definitely go against, you know, my earthly nature, so to speak. But I would say that's the number one advice for me. But but the second number one I get, because I do have to talk to a wide variety of people on the phone as I navigate these real estate transactions and just from time to time, you hear things. Oh, I'm getting a divorce. Oh, I'm uh, my kid's sick or, um, you know, whatever it is. I'm at the doctor. You know, these different kinds of situations that are so dominant in a person's life, they can't help but bring it up to you, even though you're little more than a complete stranger. You know, I've got to be open to the Spirit of God in those moments because those people, I don't know them and they may not have anyone else in their life that God can really use as a channel. Hey man, I'm really sorry to hear about, hear that. You know, can I pray for you real quick? Can I, you know, do you have a good church in your area? Where are you? Are you in this area? You should come to my church. Whatever it is, allowing God to lead you in those moments. That is, it is such a powerful thing. It's such a wonderful thing. Yes, you need to be bold in this culture today. The righteous are as bold as a lion and we, we've got to be bold. We've got to be ready. But you know what? God's going to lead you to victory. God's going to protect you. God's going to watch over you. And you know what else? Things are going to start happening. You're going to start having relationships on another level. You're going to start seeing God show up in people's lives and people getting touched by the power of God in their daily situations. And that's going to be a wonderful, wonderful thing for you. You know, furthermore, as you do that, as you start operating and thinking that way, now God's supernatural is going to come into your work life. It's going to come into your home life. It's going to come in to your physical life, right? Because now you're submitting to the things of God. You know, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your paths. You know, you, you're submitting 
and and doing what God tells you to do, and you're going to start seeing his results. You're going to start seeing his power showing up in your life. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And, you know, I've got another example in the blog post that we don't need to read right now. But, you know, what if, you know, next time you're paying bills, right? The next time your spouse spends more money than you'd want them to, you know, how do you react? How do you feel? I realize that there's a temptation to fear monetary lack. There's a poverty spirit that's out there that we all have to deal with. And I'm the, I can be the worst. I can be so cheap. Oh my gosh. I'm sure it drives my wife insane. I praise God. I actually do believe I'm getting a little better in that area, but, but I'm just guilty of all this stuff, right? But instead of how we'd want to react, remind ourselves, God supplies all I need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, that's everything I need, everything my spouse need, everything my kids need, everything, you know, anybody that God brings into my life, anything they need. That's a God's a big God. He has big definitions. It's not just bread, water, rags in a shack. That's a lie from the pit of hell. No, God wants to supply everything you need for his plan for your life according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a standard. I don't know. I don't know what that exactly means, to be honest with you, but I know it's awesome. I know it's a great standard. I know it's far beyond the way most of us have been been living. You know, you know, and as you go through life, what we have to do, because because we live this natural life, right? We go through these natural situations that will never change, right? We were always going to be in this natural existence. But how do I see it? Do I think spirit first? Am I allowing the spirit of God to guide me, to mold me, to lead me in every single one of these situations? Because if I will do that, then I'm going to be start. I'm going to start living on a totally another level. I'm going to start living this awesome, amazing existence with God's influence in every area of my life as I'm open and bold for the kingdom of God. You know, and these are just some examples and you probably won't have all of them in one day, but you get that idea, right? You know, Adam had a natural life. Jesus had a natural life. And so do we. We always will. But how are we living? Are we spirit first? Are we fully integrating our reality, our spiritual reality as God's perfect children in total harmony with him, in total possession of his love, his wisdom, his power? Is that the reality that I'm bringing to this moment, that I'm bringing to this natural situation and I know, and I just feel like I want to be transparent, that I know that I'm guilty of not doing that a, a lot of times. But I can tell you that the times where I have submitted, where I've decided that, you know what, in this moment, I'm going to do what the Spirit of God is leading me to do. And everything else is going to bow the knee to the will of God right now. That when I've made the right decision, I've seen God show up in so many different ways at so many different times. And it's such a wonderful thing. If I would keep my mind on that, then it would be so much easier. And I encourage you, you just start thinking this way. You start living this way. You're going to see God show up more and more. And it's going to be an easy, it's going to get easier and easier and easier. You know, what would happen if we yielded control to God's spirit in every area of our lives? Awesome things would happen. That's what Everything would change. Everything would become supernatural. Everything would be touched by the power and the love of God. Your life would come into line with God's perfect will. Every moment, every situation, every interaction 
They would all start resembling God's best. They would all start leading you to that place of spiritual excitement and fulfillment that only God can give you. My friends, in closing, I realize that we are all in different places on this journey with God. But there is an amazing and supernatural existence that is available to us all. Jesus came that we might have an abundant life. That's John 10.10. The abundant supernatural life that God has for us is so amazing, so wonderful. It's far beyond what most of us have ever realized especially as we first accepted Jesus. We didn't realize how much was out there for us, but it's out there for you. It's uniquely designed just for you with all that God created you to be. Every gift, every talent, every aspect of you perfectly woven together with a lifetime of relationships, work, situations, and adventures for you, God, and those God brings into your life to all enjoy together. All of it brings Him glory. And all of it flows together in those those pure and perfect relationships we should have with our Creator, our Heavenly Father. When you identify by your spiritual reality first and foremost... And when you submit the rest of your existence to the leadings and dictates of your spiritual reality, you are beginning the integration process between your natural and spiritual lives. You are supposed to sit, to walk in the same wisdom, power, and purpose that Jesus walked in. You are an amazing and beautiful creation birthed directly by God and empowered to change the world one good work at a time. Surrender to your spiritual reality. Surrender to the leading of God's spirit. Give yourself wholly to God and his word. You will never regret it. There you will find your abundant life. There you will find all you can become and all you could do. Not just by yourself, but with God with you every step of the way. My friends, thank you for listening today. I love you and God bless you.